This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced in the play and the guitar, because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressured to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player on this planet that I personally don't follow closer. It's it's not something that you see too often. I only know a few players that do it. Now, from the home of the blues, Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Guitar Talk with your host, Jimmy Warren. All right, everybody, welcome to Guitar Talk. Jimmy Warren here. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Boy, I tell you what, we've got a great show in store for you. But before we jump into it, I just got a couple of really quick announcements. One is that uh, last month we started doing an online Zoom guitar clinic once a month on a Monday. Uh, Last month I had Harry Mura as a guest. We were talking about uh, crafting solos. It ended up being a lot more than what our topic was. Uh, We ended up covering quite a bit of material, but Harry was the guitarist on the Halo video game series. As a matter of fact, there's only been two. There was Harry, and then there was Steve Vai. And so uh, we had a great turnout, and we want to thank everybody that participated. But to let you know that Monday, July 12th, is our next uh, online Zoom clinic. You can go sign up at guitartalkofficial.com. When you get to the homepage, scroll down a little bit, you'll see it there. Just go ahead and click on the button to you know, sign up for this one or the next one, whichever one you want. Uh, we're talking about overdrive pedals and stacking overdrive pedals in the next one. But then again, we try to keep it open so that we can answer any questions and talk about any topics that you know, people really, you know, have pressing on their minds. So uh, make sure you tune in. Yeah, it's going to be great. Now, we've only got eight seats. They fill up quite quick. I think there's only one or two spots left for this one. And so, uh, yeah, so rush on over there and make sure that you're the one signing up because it's, uh, it's, it's a great time for sure. Also, this program is brought to you in part by uh, the Guitars for Vets.org. It's an organization that helps veterans with PTSD through the gift of music and especially that of the guitar. I am excited and proud to be an ambassador for uh, the Guitars for Vets alongside many other great players like Tommy Emanuel, uh, Sully Ernest Scott, Ian, and uh, so much more. Uh, you know, go to guitarsforvets.org, see how you can help them out today. One last thing, hey, if you happen to be in the St. Louis area this weekend, Saturday uh, the 26th, make sure you come on down to the Casaloma Ballroom. I will be playing down there at 8 p.m. up till about 9.30, quarter to 10, somewhere in that ballpark. It is going to be a great night of music. Uh, The Breakers are there. They're the nation's number one Tom Petty tribute band. Uh, and then there's another band opening up, uh, Fanny Ray and the Soul Shakers, I do believe. But it's going to be an awesome night of music. Tickets are available on Eventbrite. I think there's some tickets left, so uh, feel free. And if you're a veteran and you live in that area and you'd like to see the show, hit me up at info 
at guitartalkofficial.com. Let me know that you're a veteran in that area, and I'll get you a pair of tickets for free. Okay, thank you so much. And we're going to jump into our uh, guest today, uh, boy, Ariel. Uh, she's got a new guitar out uh, that she's made with Brian May of Queen. Uh, she's, uh, boy, she's, she's very retro. She takes me back to the days of music that I miss in love of the 60s and the 70s. Uh, her sound is uh, a sound that really uh, resonates well with me. And she's just got this really <clears throat> ultra cool vibe about her. And I think you're really going to dig this. And you're going to definitely want to go check out her guitar. It's at brianmayguitars.com. It's kind of cool. It really is. So without further ado, without me saying any more, here we go. Ariel, right here on Guitar Talk with me, Jimmy Warren. Woo! So it looks like you got your own little guitar room there. A lot of cases, a lot of stuff just laying around. It's a big mess right now, but yes. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the best life in the world, though, isn't it? A lot of the time. Yeah? Yeah, a lot of the time. A lot of time, no, but but it's good. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, nothing else I'd rather do. Yeah, well, you know what? You've had a lot of, a lot of success, a lot of recognition. You got to feel really good about where you are. Thank you. It's, um, I'm at a point now, I think, especially just with COVID and everything that I have no idea where I am. All I know <laughs> is that like, there's, it's weird. It's hard to gauge where you're at with the, with the internet, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, wherever I am, I guess it's good. People want to talk to me like you and we're talking. So that's, that's a good thing. Right. So. Right. Well, you know, that's, you know, you're, you're a very talented person, you know, uh, you're a great singer, uh, great guitar player. You've, uh, like I said, you've, you've had a lot of really good accomplishments, great accomplishments. You've got great people that have come alongside you. So those things, you know, within themselves, you know, are going to carry you a long way. You know, Thank you. At least for a while. Right. <laughs> That's all, the hope. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed right there. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I got to ask you when, when you were a young person, was it, uh, was it your intention? Was it your goal to make music a life for yourself? And I know you're young, but <laughs> you know, when you're younger than you are. Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't, I mean, yes, I wanted to be a guitar player and I wanted to be, um, it, it started off with a musician. It wasn't even songwriter. It was just, I wanted to play music like the people that inspired me. And then as I got older, um, so I started doing music when I was five and it was just what I did. And then as I got old enough to have to need a job and it's like, okay, I'm 15 years old and it's time to get a job. I was like, Oh, I really need this to work out because I don't want to have to do something I don't want to do. So yeah. it was around that point. It was a, a really organic way that I've, I've always approached music. Um, I'm, I'm blessed enough to be able to make a living doing it, but I could probably make a lot more if I did certain things or whatever, but honestly, I'm just, I'm just honored to be able to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so when you were, when you were first starting out, what was the thing that, that really made, you know, you interested in wanting to play the guitar? Well, I saw a video of Brian May, um, of Queen actually it was live at Wembley. And when I saw, I was six years old 
And um, I was already in a choir. My parents put me in a choir when I was five, uh, just be, just for an extracurricular activity. And so I was doing music and um, they weren't musicians. So it was just something that I did for fun. I've always been interested in, in musical instruments. Uh, but then I saw a video of Queen when I was five and I was like, whatever that is right there, that's what I have to do. And, um, and then um, I was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with had all my posters on my walls and I would make a lot of my decisions based off of well, what would David Bowie do, which probably wouldn't be a great answer. Um, <laughs> or what would Freddie Mercury think or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. So I always, I always thought about it like that, that they weren't um, people that I idolized. They were my peers. I, I, I always saw it that way. So. Well, for so so in those days, did you, uh, did you, I, I know eventually you went on to, didn't you go on to go to my, MIT? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. went on. To, so in the early days, did you take lessons at all, you know, or did, did you start out by playing by ear or did you have an instructor? Uh, I started off just on my own. And then after yeah. a couple years, I did get a teacher before I went to MI. Um and I, I've, I took a lot of guitar camps. That was kind of the big thing during the summer. I would, I would go for extended periods of time and, and do these guitar camps, which were really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, would highly recommend for anyone learning. I, I know people get a lot of, they get a bad rap for music schools and things like that, but they don't steal your soul as long as you utilize the information uh, as, as tools um, instead of uh, rule book you know so so yeah i was i was fortunate to have a lot of amazing teachers yeah i i know a lot of the uh, great players you know that i've come to know in in interview over the years uh some of the some of the greatest have all gone through either mit or berkeley or someplace of that nature and they have an understanding of music that guys like myself that are players and tour you know have no idea it's it's almost like it's it's next level stuff. And, uh, and I would say that, you know, if somebody has the opportunity to, to, to take on that role and go to someplace like MIT or Berkeley, I would think that it would probably be a smart move if you want to make a career of it. Don't you? 100%. And not, of course, the, the, one of the biggest reasons being that you have access to amazing teachers, Mm -hmm. but also you, you get to submerse yourself into the, energy the um field of of music all the time i mean you're there from i mean it could be six to eight hours a day plus of course you have to do your homework so you end up playing a good 10 12 hours a day um for years that's uh it was a pivotal moment in my career uh or learning time and uh if it weren't for that time period i don't know honestly i don't think i would be very good uh, it really helped to have that structure and um, uh, accountability in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think in order to reach the the level that that you're at and that you're going for, you have to you have to be all in. You yes. know, you really have to be all in. There's no, you know, I'm going to work a a job as a you know heating and air repairman. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean, and then mm-hmm. go play music at night. It just doesn't work out that way. That's 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 really great. So, uh, what's the fascination though? I know when you said that you saw Queen live, but what was the fascination about the guitar itself? 
for you? I mean, was it just that it looked cool, that it looked like it was a lot of fun? I mean. Mm. I'm, I'm trying to that's an interesting question. It looked cool. <laughs> of course. I mean, I got a red, a translucent red strap because I, I didn't have a Brian May guitar, of course, because I because I liked I liked the red. I thought that was neat. You could see the wood through it. But um, I liked the power that it had. Uh, um, I mean, it wasn't an acoustic guitar that made me go, I need to play guitar. It was an electric guitar that was like, wow, what a commanding presence that when you see someone who, you know, he has all these cool poses and stuff when he does it. It's like, it, it visually represents Brian, in my opinion, in that particular vi uh, video performance, he looks as commanding as his guitar sounds. Mm -hmm. And it was a power that would, would make people happy that mm -hmm. I wanted to wield. Mm -hmm. A power that allowed, that allowed him to express at such a, a volume, but also um, a beautiful sound, that soaring um, bent note and vibrato and um, I, th I think it started with now I'm here um, and it's just it's so cool there's and, and I and I get that same feeling every time I play outdoors when it because it because it, it was outside or I mean kind of it's like open you know uh, area and every time I play outside I get the same feeling it's like wind in my hair <laughs> wow it's like a sunny day you know it's got to be yeah. a beautiful day if you know this particular one what like the sun was barely starting to go down um it's just such a great vibe and I yeah. and, and the way that it made me feel the way it sounded the way it looked all of it was something that I wanted to be able to uh give to someone else an experience yeah, I don't think there's anything more fascinating than the electric guitar. I just yeah. don't. I don't think there's anything that's that's cooler, you know, than the electric guitar. And that, and I think it's 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 so weird, you know, that at the age of five or six, you're watching Queen and you're going, "Ah, this is what I want to do. This is really cool." And now look at where you are now. You, now you're connected to Queen in in some way, and you're playing a guitar by the guy that you were, you know, kind of admiring at that point in time, you know? Yeah. Who came up with the idea of that guitar? I mean, did you have specific ideas that you wanted or was this something that, that you collaborated together with Brian on or? So um, the Brian May, the Ariel Brian May guitar um, was, is a guitar that was based off of my original guitar. Uh, two-tone and my original guitar uh, is hand-built by a friend of mine and myself that we did in 2007 mm. and um, completely from scratch and the the inspiration partially was Brian May but also it was the fact that I was going to MI and I had to walk to school because Hollywood Boulevard you know I'd walk and I could only bring one guitar so I needed to make sure, and I was going to be playing it all day. And I had everything from country to um, sight reading to classical. And I needed to play it all on the same guitar. And so I was like, well, which, you know, this one does this one really well. And then I, I wanted a guitar that I could just have that could do all the things, or at least as much as it could. Mm -hmm. So um, 
and then of course being inspired by Brian May and his and his dad building the guitar that he uses the Red Special when he was 16 I was like I would love to have my own guitar and have that story that um you know I'm the only one that gets to play that guitar and so um I built that in 2007 with my friend Patrick and then years went by and people kept asking me as as my audience grew and they're like well where where can I get one of your guitars and I was like huh um, I didn't think anyone else would want one. I really built this out of my own necessity. Um, so I, uh, after years going, being asked the, the exact same question, where can I get one? I was like, this is selfish. You know, these are great guitars. I should make them available. So, um, so I was meeting up with Brian who, I mean, we've been friends since 2007. And I, uh, and I told him, I was like, uh, I'm just going to ask my luthier friend to build a couple guitars with me a month, maybe. And then if people want one, you know, maybe the handful of people that want the guitar, they'll at least be available. So I'm not the only person in the world that has these guitars. That seems a little selfish. Mm. And he said, well, why doesn't Brian May Guitars put, put it out? So what we did was we took a lot of my original design and then we put it on a table and then Brian and his team, his guitar tech, and then the Brian May Guitars team, all kind of took apart the things about my guitar that they didn't like. And then we, what we didn't like, we put the Brian May uh, red special uh, specs into mine. So it's, it's a combination of his guitar and my guitar in one, which is very interesting. So um, they're, they're, they're different in some ways, but I think they're complementary and definitely um, a similar. So it's a, uh, it's been neat. I, I've, it just they just became available the end of March. So I've this past month I've been seeing um pictures and videos of people playing it, and it's crazy for me because, again, since two thousand seven I've been the only person who's had these guitars. So I'm like, wow, it's other people playing my guitar. It's kind of yeah. So so what is it about? There's got to be something when it comes to the electronics and the pickups of that mm-hmm. guitar that's different and special because that's one of the unique things about Brian's guitar himself. You know. Uh, it's 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 not you know like a strat right off the wall or a les paul right off the wall so what was it about your guitar that you said i have to have this you know i'm I'm trying to get this sound so i need i need these types of pickups or i need this type of you know Mm -hmm. pots or this type of bridge i mean what was it i mean about the guitar itself that you said i gotta absolutely have this well, it was very, very limited information on my yeah. end. I did not have much education about guitars other than, I mean, Google was a thing, but, um, you know, in 2000, I, it, it was a little bit harder to access a lot of the information that we have mm-hmm. um, when I started playing guitar. Um, so, and I didn't have, I mean, I had a decent amount. So I had five, well, four guitars. And then um, I, I wanted to buy one guitar um, and those four guitars, I based most of the specs around. And so one of them was a Les Paul and I liked the color of the Les Paul. It was a blue Les Paul, um, with a, with a white binding and it had an ebony fingerboard and I liked those elements, but it was really heavy. So I took the fingerboard, the ebony fingerboard, and I took part of the color, um, from that. And then I had a BC Rich, a vintage BC Rich Warlock, mid 80s. And it had a, a long scale length, 25 inch scale length with a reverse headstock. 
and it also had diamond inlays uh, in the fingerboard and 24 frets, which I liked. It, I, it had a neck profile really wide, but uh, a little bit thinner on the back. Um, and I, I liked all of those things about the guitar. I really liked the neck, but I didn't love the fact that it had a Floyd Rose on it. So I took the elements that I liked. Mm -hmm. Then I had a Fender Jag Master Squire and uh, it had the Jeff Beck bridge on it, um, which I really liked. And I had the LSR roller nut like Jeff Beck. So I took those pieces from that. And then um, I had a, a Brian May guitar, a red special, and I loved the pickups and I loved the pickup selectors where you can put all the pickups in and out of face. So I took that from the Brian May guitar. Yeah. And then um, I love the way that Firebirds look. I think they're, to me, they're the coolest looking guitar. When I see yeah. a Firebird, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. So um, the shape is inspired by a Firebird. If you were to put them on top of each other, you can see that they're not actually similar. Mine's kind of a cross between a Firebird and an Explorer. And so all those things, plus a few ideas that I had in my head, created the specs of that of the guitar that I play. Um, again, very limited information, only what I had experienced from my guitars. And um, somehow uh, it worked out. <laughs> I got lucky. So I get the yeah. It, it sounds really unique, and you definitely have you know really good t good taste in guitars, you know because some of the elements that you talked about that you put into your guitar are are actually great you know uh, uh, things to have on your guitar. The the stuff off of Jeff Beck's guitar, you know the roller nut and the the bridge. I mean those are really nice. And so, so now that you have this guitar, when you're, when you're out and you're doing a show, is it the only guitar you play? Do people expect just to see that guitar? You know, cause you know what people get, people get used to seeing certain people that have certain guitars. Like for instance, Ricky Medlock of Leonard Skinner only plays a Firebird, mm. not a Firebird, but uh, an Explorer. That's all he plays is an Explorer. But when he plays something else, everybody goes, oh, my God, what's going on? Is this really <laughs> Leonard Skinner because he doesn't have that guitar. Is that the way it is with you? Do you just play that guitar or do you still switch back and forth? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's my main guitar. But the, but the yeah. funny part is, uh, I mean, for years now, I have variations of the guitar because the original one, of course, was what I believe to be the first prototype, but ended up being the one that I kept. So I've made variations of it. I have 10 or 11 variations. Some of them are different colors. Some of them look similar, but people can always tell the difference. So they know that they're going to see guitars that look like two, my original guitar, two-tone. But um, I also have different tunings. So some of my tunings are an E-flat, um, drop D. So I can't always use two-tone, but uh, anytime I bring two-tone out, um, people say two tone. It's really funny. <laughs> I think people recognize yeah. my guitar. If some people have no idea who I am, but the moment they see my guitar, mm -hmm. they, uh, they will recognize that first, which is funny. So yes. Um, and all my guitars have names that everybody knows. Cause I don't have that many, th these aren't all mine, just so we're clear. Um, I have about four or five guitars that I bring on the road with me, um, that I have for years that everyone knows their name. So, uh, People get used to seeing those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when they don't see it, there's like, oh my god, okay, this probably really isn't her. This is probably something <laughs> here because she has that guitar. Yeah. So, uh, how would you describe your your playing to somebody that's never heard you before? 
That's funny you asked that question. I, I, I've never been asked that question before, and I've never really, maybe this is just completely ridiculous, but I've never thought about it. Yeah. Um, at least not for a long time. Um, and I think part of that is because of the guitar. Yeah. Um, because I play a guitar that no one else plays, I think in a way I've had to develop, it's taught me how to play guitar. I started playing in 2000 and I got this guitar in 2007. So I've actually been playing that guitar longer than I have it, um, which is interesting. So uh, I'm inspired tonally by classics, classic guitar tones from the 60s, mm-hmm. sometimes 50s, 60s and 70s. Um, so tonally, you'll hear that in, that it's inspired by that very, um, I don't use that much overdrive. And if I do, it's from the guitar amp. Um, and, and, and it's very uh, clean in its attack. You know, I don't have a ton of gain hiding everything. Um, but I, but some people compare a lot of my note choices maybe to um, like an Eric Johnson because I, I like some of the string skipping stuff. But then mm-hmm. some people have told me, you know, the way that I approach the, with the Trello bar, maybe a little bit of Jeff Beck. Um, and then a vibrato like Brian May. Um, but I'm starting to shift, you know, I, I, uh, it just depends what I'm listening to and what I'm focusing on. Um, I'm starting to dial back the, the amount that I play, uh, like I'm going to be playing more, but less, if that makes sense, more upfront, but less notes. Mm-hmm. Um, which takes an immense amount of restraint and um, confidence. Um, I think in the past I've tended to overplay because of my own insecurity or feeling like I needed to prove myself in a way. So the way, I don't know if that answers your question, but the way that I try to approach the guitar is um, to have it be complementary to the song, like maybe an Eric Clapton uh, on a solo stuff or a Bonnie Raitt uh, or Vince Gill where they sing and they have a great song, but then when they play guitar, it's like, ta-da, and they're playing the whole time. That's the approach that I'm trying to take, which in a way is a little bit of a lost art form because it's hard to do mm. correctly. Either you're the shredder or you're the singer who plays like three chords. You know, it's hard to get that right. And it's taking me over a decade to even understand what that role is. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. So that's my approach. I don't, I don't always get it right, but I'm, but I'm working on it. Yeah. Well, I, that's a great approach. And it seems like, uh, you know, I would say most of the people that we would consider the greatest players ever, that that's the way that it's done. You know, I, I guess you got to look at your playing as if it's a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Within what's going on musically. And it's a conversation. And I think all guitar players are guilty of trying to say too much, you know, and rather than, you know, choose their words wisely in that. And I think that is one of the things that draws people to people like uh, Mark Knopfler and Eric Clapton and guys like that, because what they say, how, however little that is, is always more than enough. And it, and it always seems to be mo- somehow, um, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't want to say melodic, but it, it, it's it's almost like a melody within the song. Almost. I mean, you know what I mean. It's like you can almost sing the solo, 
a lot of times, you know, because it, it is just a, a few notes or it is not overplayed or overdone. And I think it, I think it is an art form. And, and you know what, and that says a lot about you as a player to, to realize that about yourself, to say, Hey, I'm going to take a step back and, um, 